publish our podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm Alexa Bigwarf, and I am so happy to join you. We are going to be talking about marketing today with Stephanie Fager, and what a great conversation we had around knowing your why, about honing in your audience, and most certainly about picking a strategy and the best things rather than just doing all the things and hoping one of them works. But before we get into it, if marketing is a place that you need help, I hope you've gotten your ticket to the Women in Publishing Summit. This wonderful, amazing event runs live, but virtually, so you can attend from anywhere, March 1st through 4th of 2023. You can use the coupon code 50OFFWIP23, that's 50-O-F-F-W-I-P-2-3 at womeninpublishingsummit.com. Go grab your ticket now because we will be talking about marketing for an entire day. We brought in all kinds of experts who are going to talk about all of their best tools, tactics, techniques, um, all the things to help you market your books better. And then on day four, we continue kind of talking about marketing, but also talking about business growth and other ways to make more money and getting in front of other audiences and tools that you can use. So really two full days on this a concept of growing your author platform, marketing your book, growing your influence, getting in front of other audiences, and, and making as much money as you can through your book. So again, head over to womeninpublishingsummit.com, use the coupon code 50OFFWIP23, and we can't wait to see you on March 1st. All right, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Publish Her Podcast, a place where you can come to get inspiration, motivation, help, encouragement, and support in your journey to write, publish, and sell your book. Hosted by Alexa Bigwarf. Cause I've been where you've been, and I felt what you're feeling, and I don't want to get in your way. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Publish Her podcast. Today, I am talking with talking with Stephanie Fager. She has been in the business of empowering people from empowering teams to motivating volunteers and communities across the nation and now empowering authors. She's passionate about empowering people to achieve success which we love empowerment. That's one of our fundamental, our core empower, encourage and, and support for the Women in Publishing Summit. So I'm all about bringing on people who love to empower others. But she said it was a dream that changed everything for her. Um, love this too, dreams. I, I just had the strangest dream last night that I'm wondering what it means for me to do, but <laughs> we won't go down <laughs> that road right it. now. <laughs> Your dream charged her to write a book and it became the catalyst for her to redefine her own success, reevaluate her personal goals and turn her what ifs into why nots. And I just love that because I feel like that's the driver between for a lot of us when it comes into getting our books out there. So she is the author of Color Today Pretty, an inspirational guide to living a life in perspective and Color Today Pretty guided journal where she shares her secrets to harnessing true perspectives, the ones she has used to discover the difference between living an ordinary life and an extraordinary one. So after working in the communications and marketing industry for years, she merged her unique expertise with her life's passions founding the Empower PR group, where she and a team of highly skilled marketing experts help nonfiction authors 
write books that sell, promote books to those who need them, want them and will buy them and help authors build or grow meaningful businesses around their books, empowering messages. I love it, love it, love it. Full synchronicity with synchronicity, synchron, uh, whatever, however that one's pronounced. <laughs> with, <laughs> we need to make up words. Yes, exactly, with what we have going on. So uh, lastly, the Empower PR Group blends personal experience with innovative marketing solutions to ensure those who need to hear of a message, a book, or an author brand do. Success book requires strategic marketing and Stephanie knows this because she's lived it. So you can learn more about her and all of these links will be in the podcast notes, but it's mpower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R, P-R-G group.com. So empower group empower PR group.com. Sorry about that. Look for the show notes and you'll get all of this stuff. Um, okay. So welcome, Stephanie. Thank you so much for being with me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yes, um, we talked just so that our audience knows Stephanie and I have been talking already for 45 minutes before we even hit record on this podcast episode. So we have just discovered there's a lot of synergy between our belief systems, what we're doing for authors, how we're helping authors move forward, and um, and and how many commonalities we have in what we're doing and, and how we're bringing it into the world. So I think it's really great to find another kind of kindred spirit in the industry because yes and and what we really decided that we wanted to talk about today is um the idea that um there can be a lot of shiny object syndrome happening so if you don't if you're not sure why you're doing what you're doing with your marketing you might just like want to try this and want to try that and want to try this and that so we're going to really dig into why that shouldn't be happening and 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 all of those kinds of things right we're kind of playing it by ear here so if i if, if we have I, so much I, we can talk know. about it's not even funny <laughs> so this is all wonderful this is all wonderful um absolutely and you're right this in the world of marketing there i have a friend that calls it like the i've never heard this before but like what did she call it the beagle syndrome the, the beagle syndrome where do i go <laughs> like oh, i love it like oh that's fun <laughs> I considered it like the squirrel or the shining uh-huh, object. Uh-huh. I like dogs. So if I can figure out a way to do it with cats, I'll come up with something like that. But, you know, we see what other, we live in a culture now where it's really easy to look around and see what other people are doing and feeling like you missed out. And yeah. um, I have felt that personally, I because as an author myself, I understand that feeling, but I also see many authors I work with feeling that way too. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that you should do all the things. If you try to do all the things, you'll do none of the things well. So So I really, yeah, it's just in life, right? Just in life. (laughs) This is actually kind of like a statement of the last 10 years of my life. I mean, I can't say that I haven't been doing all the things well, because I hope that I've been doing the things well, but not at even, okay. So I think the second part is that you can do a lot of things and do them well, but it's at great sacrifice. Something's going to be sacrificed through it. And, and not everything has gone well. I assure you, um, there have been some very not well things that have happened in that trying to do too much and taking on this and that, and trying to do that. And when I, when I talk about it with authors, I often use the expression, don't just throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to be spending money and just saying, well, I'm just going to chop, you know, attack this and see if spending this thousand dollars made any, or even if it's $47, like you have to fig those add up quickly if you're not doing it yeah. with some kind of a plan. So what's the baseline for this? Like, how do you determine, where do you, where do we start? 
Well, okay. I want to, if you're okay, I want to go back a little bit because you um, mentioned something about a dream and how that charged me. Mm-hmm. I want to tell you about that because really the essence of what I wrote about is the essence of how I look at marketing. And it's very odd. Um, my first book, Color Today Pretty, is a memoir. And I never expected or planned, first of all, I never planned to write a book. I know many authors, that's a goal, uh, not mine. And I also never meant to create a business. My husband wanted to be the entrepreneur. I was like super comfy where I was. I've been there over a decade, like um, most of the days, loving what I was doing, feeling like I was leaving a good impact. Um, But, you know, I had a plan and life has another and that's what happens. And so I had this dream and I woke up in this dream, um, a judge on a show like America's Got Talent, which is proof that my husband and I had watched way too much reality (laughs) show. It's totally proof. It also is proof of like how long ago this dream was (laughs) because I don't watch that stuff anymore. But I don't even know if it's still on. But anyway, so we woke up and I was like a Simon Cowell kind of curmudgeon, which is, (laughs) if you know anything about me, like, I don't have that negative energy. I just don't have energy for the negative energy. So I was the sole judge of people's like dreams and realities. And this young kid walked on the stage. Um, I remember him like it was like yesterday because I actually, this is before my youngest was born. And I think my youngest is this kid. So that's a story for another day. All my kids have dark hair, except my youngest, he's blonde. And this kid that walked on the stage was a blondie. Oh, that's wild. No, weird. It's totally weird. So see, you're unpacking the dream you just had. Like mm-hmm. I'm still like a decade unpacking this, this other dream. Um, but he walked on with a canvas and markers and paint, whatever. And he was an artist and he goes to paint. And the first brushstroke that he did was proof that like, I was going to have to tell him this is a no-go. You do not get to continue, um, collect your hundred dollars and leave, you know, like, or whatever, you're not going to make it past go. And I had to share this information with him. And I did. And I remember in my dream telling him like, go get a day job because this is not going to be your life's <laughs> purpose. And instead he smiled. Okay. Now, which is like, pause, let's be real. If you remember watching America's Got Talent or American Idol or any of those, if someone gives you bad news or even in life, right? Like for me, it's even in, you know, I'm either crying or like right. yelling expletives. There's no right, in right, right. definitely not smiling. And this kid was smiling and he gave me his canvas and he said, that's okay. I just want you to color something pretty today. And I woke up. Oh, wow. I was working in corporate America at that time. And obviously that day I wasn't working because every call I could be on or every instant message I could share. I'm like, why can't I shake this dream? This, this weird and this color, something pretty today. Like, what does that mean? And it hit me halfway through the day of me trying to go, well, why was I a judge? What am I trying to rationalize? All this stuff. It hit me that as with most things in life, it's not about me. It can be about someone else. And in this dream, I realized that this kid is living proof of what I think all of us can do and look at, look at in life, that there's not only one way to get from point A to point B, there's millions. Um, Mother of three kids. I know this now, like none of them accomplished anything the same. Um, But also he didn't see this feedback that I had given him as a, as a stop sign to turn around. Instead, it was just a road bump in his journey to still accomplish. If this kid was a real kid, not a figment of my imagination, I actually believe that he would have moved on and been like Mozart or like um, Leonardo da Vinci or pick, right, pick some beautiful, like human who's done great things in the world. I think he would have, because he saw that as like, 
an opportunity to get better and to keep going, that it was like a, a shift and yeah. it, and, and it challenged me. Like I, I left that, I realized leaving that dream, it wasn't like he just said, well, I'm going to do this. He challenged me with the ability to like reevaluate how I look at my moments and try to see them as growth opportunities and positive, like chances for me to shift how I see the world and see myself. So when I published my book in 2018, Color Today Pretty, obviously, is the thematic of the book and the underlying thread, I never expected to form a business. Yeah. And once the Empower PR group was born, I realized perspective is the underlying thread of how I see the world, how I parent, how mm -hmm. I interact with people, how I build friendships and relationships, but it has become the underlying thread and also how I run my business and how I see marketing. Yeah. Uh, and this is how I get away from the beagle syndrome or the squirrel syndrome of shiny new object. If you focus on your perspective on what your why is, it will open doors for you on what are the main things you need to be doing, not all the things that you see other people doing. So we see people who have courses or summits, no offense, but we see a lot of people who have conferences and all these things, and those might be wonderful for them, but that does not mean that they are the right things for you. And so if you focus on your why, it gives you a starting point on that roadmap and it helps kind of direct and keep you focused. I think that's wonderful. Um, I've often in our blog posts and different things that I talk about the um, the impact that watching the presentation that si um, Simon Sinek did yes. on finding your why like had a major impact on me early on in the process because here's the other thing. I mean, we can, I'm definitely gonna come back and unpack all of that stuff. But before we even get into <laughs> it, I wanna talk about why knowing your why is so important just to begin with because the second part of that is that um, if you don't know, it, it's, this is a hard, this is a hard industry. We were talking a little bit earlier about how there's a lot of predatory stuff happening in the industry, but that just throw that stuff, stuff to the side and just think about the right. fact that like how many ugly reviews have you seen or people been completely attacked when you're looking through reviews or hearing authors, um, you know, upset in your author. Certainly you have friends that are authors hearing them just torn apart by words that somebody has said. I just actually had someone reach out to me the other day to ask the question, like, what do you do when a friend or family member that you thought would support you after you publish your book is now attacking you or doing all this kind of stuff? And I'm just like, oh my gosh, these are heavy questions, but these are the things that authors go through. So knowing your why keeps you grounded on on so many other things beyond marketing, just as a baseline. But to go back to to where you're coming uh, to this perspective of of knowing your why to get you where you're going, like it helps you map out your goals, your objectives, what you're getting to, why you're getting to them, if you know your why, and that keeps you on a path that it's it's a lot. I wish I had focused more on on that because I just got all over the place and you can so easily just be doing a million different things. Right. And you're, and you're now you're throwing spaghetti and you're hoping something sticks, but then you take a step back and realize, well, did the, that spaghetti even matter? So yeah, when I published, exactly. right, when I, I should have been making chicken, you yes, know, why spaghetti? Yes, chicken. <laughs> so when I published my first book, I I didn't, like I told you before, I didn't have a dream to publish a book. That wasn't a goal of mine. And um, when it happened or when I started that process, I sat down with my husband who is super supportive and I'm very appreciative of that. And he was like, this is great. Look at what you can do. And I said, you know, um, I've given it a lot of thought, 
And I am publishing this obviously because people are asking, when's the book coming? I want the book. But if I have 500 copies of my book in the basement and nobody buys it, Mm-hmm. It will still be worth it because I have proven to three little people that I grew <laughs> that are now like with heartbeats outside in the world. I have proven to them that when mama has a dream, she made it happen. So yeah. my why was strictly literally, I mean, literally, I actually, um, this is also a story for another day. I actually created a business to fund my book journey. So like I wanted to make sure, and not this business, not in PR PR, right. a else. different one. <laughs> um, a different business, but I did it because I wanted the, any of the financial investment of the book to not be strenuous to our family. Like I just mm-hmm. felt like that there was something else. So I proved to my kids, like, if you want to do something, nothing stands in your way. And, and I realized that I work with authors now that I always actually start with what is your why? Because if mm-hmm. your why is mm-hmm. to become the next, you know, JK Rowling, Or if your why is to like sell a million copies, like that's a different marketing approach. than if your why is to prove to your three kids that mama can do anything, or if your why is to align with a business you already have, like all of those are different. Some of some people's whys are unrealistic. And I'm, I'm from Kentucky. I'm not sure if you picked up on the accent, but you're from South Carolina, you say South Carolina. So you've got those people down there with the cool accents too. Um, (laughs) But what I was going to share is I always say in my view, in my like um, Southern draw, like you can't do that. Like like I try to be really nice and like let them down. <laughs> but I try, I want you to have realistic whys and realistic goals. And, um, and, and then that's where we begin. We begin yeah. there and we always go back there because I, I found out the hard way. There was an author I was working with who I just figured every author wanted to sell books. Like, of course, why would you write a book if you didn't want to sell books? And but it's not always the case. <laughs> it's not. And once I pulled together the empowered author framework, as I took a step back and started to evaluate people's whys, like, oh my gosh, that was never a goal of his. Mm -hmm. He had a whole different goal. And once we made that pivot, we were able to be successful in in, an alignment with his why. So starting and knowing your why, I think is just, just brilliant in life in general. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm an example of that myself, like similar to you. um, I, I, could 10 years ago, I, you could have never, I would have never imagined that this is where I would be. Like, it just wasn't even, it wasn't even on my radar at all. Like I'd loved books, right. loved, loved I, when I was little, I thought I was going to be a novelist, you know, but anyway, um, when I published sunshine after the storm of survival guide for the grieving mother, like there was no intent to be marketing the book. Like it was just a book that I needed to have out there. With that being said, I knew there needed to be some level of marketing because the people who needed it needed to know that it was there. But most of the marketing that I did was pushing them towards getting it from me for free. So like I wanted it out there so that it would be a resource, but I had no intention. And then I built a nonprofit around that because I was only not only sending them the book, but I was also sending them a care package of goodies to have in that moment. And all of a sudden it was like, okay, you cannot afford to do this anymore. Right. (laughs) Right. Expensive. So bring in the help to do it. So, so yeah, I totally, I totally get that. Whereas with my next book, which is my first fiction book, the goal is totally different. Like I want people to actually buy this book. I want a lot of people to buy the book. <laughs> you know, so so my approach is is my why is totally different. My why on that my why on the first one was because I wanted to help people and give them a resource in their worst time of life. My why on this one is because I want to become a well-known writer and 
they're going to be very, very different approaches to that. And that's okay. Like your why can evolve and your why can, um, can grow with you. In fact, it should, Yeah, it absolutely should. Uh, and, and I think it continues to morph and shift as you see the world and as you experience things. Um, you know, there's a chapter I wrote about in my book, which is, and I've, I know you and I connected on child loss, but this one is about um, sexual harassment. When I was 15, I was sexually harassed by my, 16, by my driver's ed instructor. Oh um, it was a story that like, if you, if I look back at it, I'm like, that didn't happen to me, but it did. And um, anyways, the police sided with him, not me. Now we live oh in a gosh. different world today where, yeah. you know, me too is a totally different. And, and you have cell phones now, which you didn't back then. And so um, I was told to be quiet and to not mm-hmm. say anything or I would go to jail. So oh I remember gosh. writing that chapter in my book thinking like a 16 year old was like 16 year old Stephanie going, oh my gosh, I did something wrong, which I didn't. Right. So I shared this chapter and, uh, and when I was 16, my only goal was I went to an all girls school at that time. And my only goal was to get up in front of my other sisters and share with them what happened to me because I want kind of like how you have done with yeah. book number one. That's all I wanted to do was share. And I was told I couldn't because if I did, it would negatively impact his business. Um, fast forward. And at, I remember writing that chapter during the fix of pregnancy insomnia, side note. And I, my husband gets up in the morning and goes, Stephanie, are you okay? And I'm like falling. I'm like, yes, I'm finally did the thing. Like I talked about something I hadn't talked about in 20 years. And would you know, and um, this is proof of how your why can evolve. That was, it was still a why to me to share that story with my sisters. And a couple of years ago, I got the opportunity to go back to my alma mater and speak in front of the girls that go to that school now and share my story. I had um, many of those amazing young women come up to me, one in particular, I'll never forget, who um, had never shared with anybody something she was going through because of that vulnerability. And yet again, I remember telling my husband, if one person is impacted by what I did, all the energy was was worth it. Um, I really think as a book marketer, because the word marketing people think is icky. I know that, but I don't think marketing has to be icky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you give value, the rest of it will come. So for me, like focusing on the one allows me to reach the many and it allowed mm-hmm. me to accomplish that and allowed my why to evolve. And just because your why you might not accomplish it today doesn't mean that you know, your life has, doesn't have another plan for how that why would show up literally 20 years later. It took yeah. 20 years for me to be able to get up in front of these women and share with them such a vulnerable raw experience to empower them to keep their eyes open and to, and to also know that things happen that are out of your control. No, it, it wasn't, I, it wasn't my fault that something like that happened, but that yeah. as I share it and if I'm vulnerable and I'm open that I might be able to save somebody else. I love that concept, especially, I mean, you focus on nonfiction authors, so that's definitely the, the the thread here because so many people are writing books. We were talking about this before we recorded this transformational nonfiction where it's inspiration, hope, encouragement, change, like, and, and there's really with these types of books, it is very important that, that you understand why you're getting to where you're going, who you're trying to help, how you can help it. Because I love this, even just like when, when we talk about knowing your ideal reader, focusing on the one to serve the many, I mean, that's such those, there's just many themes here, but I guess that are important and and worthy of consideration, not just consideration, but actually figuring out. And that's the next question is, okay, so once I've, I've decided 
okay, my, my why is to do this, then how do you determine what those and next steps are going to be? Yes. Okay. So you can go to, if you go to empowerprgroup.com, you will see our framework, the empowered author framework. And it's just a good visual for you to see. So we've worked with authors since 2018. So I have a pretty good case study of people. And I was able to whittle down. Um, if I ask you, what's your why? The likelihood is, is it's going to fall into one of three buckets. So I don't want you, if you haven't figured out your why yet, like pause, think about it and then come back. Cause I want you to like have thought about it, but I know it's going to probably be one of three things. Either you have a message you want to share, you know, that's a why, mm -hmm. um, you have a impact you want to make, like you want to do something with this message or you want to make money. Okay. And it's okay. If all <laughs> three of those are all built into your why that's okay. But mm -hmm. usually it's one of those three. Hey, I just want to, I just want to help the one, or I just want to share a message or I want to just make an impact on the, the betterment of uh, an organization, or I really am ready to make some money around this. I've got this like IP I need to share. So once you know that, I work with authors to help figure out now, where do we put our focus in? So let's start, let's kind of unpack a couple of those. So if you have a message that you want to share, the, like the most bare bones way to do it is if you, if book, if book writing is a part of how you're going to do it. So I do also start there too. Like not everybody need it needs to, and should write a book which I know is a right. little like controversial for me. No, to say. but it's, it's so true. It's so true. It's and that's so a true. message that people need to hear. <laughs> yeah. And it's not a bad thing. Like I, I'm not saying because maybe writing's not your strong suit. I'm not saying that because there's ghostwriters and amazing editors. I'm literally just saying in a world where there's a million ways to share a message, yeah. writing a book is one of the ways I like it because uh, I heard a preacher say once and I've adapted this and like, I hold on to it really clear, really tightly, but he shared this, this concept I think is relevant to books that books build bridges and break down walls. Mm -hmm. And I believe that if you have something that is important to share, even if it is controversial, what have you, it can break down walls and build bridges, but not everybody needs to write a book. So if mm -hmm. writing a book is in your plan, your plan or life's plan, the way to share a message is to make sure you write a marketable book and then sell it. Like, I know that sounds super simple, but it's those two things. Um, I'm, I mentioned it's, I'm not just saying to write a book. I said, write a marketable book right. because if, you know, anybody can write a book, writing a marketable book is, um, is requires forethought, requires, um, persistence, focus, a purpose, and a marketable book is important because writing a book is likely writing the book for you. But if you write a marketable book, that's the pivot from you wrote a book for you to now you're writing a book for somebody else. So if sharing a message is important to you, go ahead and write draft one, which will be about a book for you. And then take a step back and start looking at it through the lens of your reader and reevaluate what does the reader need to know? I share this from experience. The first draft of my book was written obviously for me. I didn't mean to, but everybody does. And yes. I got really great feedback for my editorial board, except somebody shared something and it like derailed me for nine months. I put the book down, I'm like, fine, I'm not writing the book. It was silly. <laughs> nine months later, I looked at it. I was like, that's so silly. But her feedback was, I am a very detailed um, writer. So I, if you read any of my stuff, even if you read the blogs on the podcast, and I mean, on the website, you will feel like you're having coffee with me. Like that, that's how I write. I want you to feel that way. But she asked me, does your reader need to know all of this? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, they do. And then I went back and reread it. I'm like, no, they don't. And that's this shift. 
I, every chapter in your book should take your reader get a perp through a purposeful journey. It should have a purpose. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if it's a leadership book we're talking about, a memoir, a how-to, I don't care if it's a collection of journals for you. I don't care what it is. It should have a purpose. And that requires you to shift your mind. So when, you know, so I say, if a message is important to you, make sure your book is marketable. It's written to a specific audience unapologetically. You cannot, you hear nothing else today. I want you to hear this. Try to reach everyone. You will reach no one. There's 7 billion people in the world. Last I checked, if 1% of 1% of the 7 billion thought you were really cool and bought your book, you would like have too many people to navigate in any email <laughs> funnel that you could make. It would break your system. Okay. So don't try to reach the 7 billion and you never will focus on your niche and be unapologetic to it. And then create the, make sure the messaging is on par and then start leveraging, you know, inbound marketing approaches to pull people in, to be able to like personally give themselves permission that they're the right person for you. That's the other thing is like, you might have an amazing message that everyone needs to hear, but how you're going to deliver it might fall flat to some people. That is okay. You mentioned the author who is, um, or the authors who have talked to you about their family, like having issues. Mm -hmm. I always tell my authors. Do not expect your family to ever like what you're reading or to ever read your book. Right. As commonality, they remember you in diapers and they can't quite understand and figure out how cool you are today. And then you just <laughs> wrote a book. So like, just say, fine. They're not, you know, I don't, I have family that I'm not sure I've ever read the book. That's okay. I don't care. I moved on. Right. They're not, they don't have to be your audience. Um, and then I do believe that you then focus on your platform. So that helps you be really focused on how do you do that and spread the message. You know, the, the book has to be marketable and you have to have the platform in place to be able to sell it and launch to success. That's just one of the three. Um, yeah. But see, it takes away, oh, I don't need to go create a course yet. Well, no. Why would you focus on that? Or I need to do Facebook advertising. Well, you haven't even written your book yet. If your book, if you, how could you even do advertising if you don't have a marketable book yet? You know, so there's a process. It's, and it's a hugely important process. And for anyone who's like, well, I've already written my book and what, what do I do now? I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole thing, right? Is that so many people just rush, they write their first draft, basically, maybe they get it edited, maybe they don't, or maybe they have it proofread or something, but it's still, it's still a draft. And a lot of people skip that part of going through, like you mentioned, you had an editorial board, but going through writing critique, going through a manuscript critique, having a true developmental edit, making sure, you know, to putting it aside maybe for a little while and then coming yeah. back and saying, does every chapter not only achieve what that chapter was meant to achieve, but guide it towards the achievement, you know, whatever the whole book is supposed to achieve and slow down. I mean, especially if you're writing a book, like that's my, my biggest thing. If you, if this truly is supposed to be something that you want to sell and we've clarified that, you know, yes. we believe these people want to sell their book then do it right because you really can't you really can't yes you can continue marketing and growing the marketing after you've launched if it's a marketable book yep. but once it's launched like you can't get that time back of resetting that stage or or clearing your name and once you've put a book out there that doesn't achieve objectives then people are less likely to trust you the next time yeah. And to add to that, um, and I would consider myself like more authentic marketer. Like I'm not, I have come from a background in PR and communications before marketing. And so I'm looking at relational, um, mm -hmm. relational marketing. And so if you wrote an amazing marketable book, guess what? 
it will market itself. Yeah. So yeah. I always say you've got to start there because yes, there's other marketing things you can do, but a good book will continue to sell itself. And there's, um, so there's a, a process that we use at the Empower PR group called the author impact method. And I want you to think of like, um, throwing a rock into the water. And so there's the rock and then there's two ripples. The first kind of rock is like your author platform. You want to make sure that people know how to buy books from you and what you do. And so the platform is like the conduit to that. Sure. Your books up on Amazon or Ingram or whatever, pick whatever, but they will go searching for you. And so do you have a digital presence? What does mm -hmm. that look like? Mm -hmm. That's your platform. But from that, these two circles, a lot of people like to jump to the last circle, but I always talk about the circle in between. And these are your current connections, the people who know you, love you, trust you, believe in you and want you to succeed outside of your mom and dad who aren't going to read your book. Okay. That's, I'm just kidding. Outside of the people that we know that are like family that aren't down for it. We all have a network of people who think authors are really cool because we are really cool. We accomplish something so many people aren't able to do and don't mm -hmm. do but we don't leverage them and we don't tell them how they can help us. So if you've written a marketable book and then we leverage your warm leads, these beautiful warm connections of people who want to help you and we tell them how to help you, here's what happens. It's like your book reaches the people who love you and support you and want you to succeed. And then they start telling people to buy your book. Well, I know the last book I bought that wasn't an author I'm working with came as a recommendation from someone. Uh -huh. So in the book process, like I don't overthink spending $20. If someone goes, Oh my gosh, you have to get this yeah, book. Same. I do it. Same. Right. That's how the world works. So if you bring people your connections and you tell them how to help you and you've written a good book, that will become like this ripple that keeps going. Many people want to jump to the last ripple in this impact method. And that's your visibility strategy. They go, oh, I want to go get on TV shows and I want to be on podcasts and I want to do all this stuff, which is wonderful. And you could totally do that, except now you're reaching cold leads mm -hmm. and those cold leads take longer to nurture and to get them to say yes to coming into your circle. So you can do it, but you should be, have, have told your inner circle, your connections all about what your book's about and why you're doing it and give value on how it's helping them. So then simultaneously, what happens is now they're talking about your book to other people and now you're right. reaching new people. And before you know it, it's just this ongoing momentum that happens. Um, and then it allows you to focus on the fun things. Like um, someone once told me they would, I will never forget this. It's probably going to be like the first page of my next book. Stephanie, I would rather clean toilets than market my book. I'll never forget that. <laughs> oh my gosh. the funniest thing because I thought, <laughs> I wish you lived closer because I would totally do a trade and I would market, I will your, market your book and you can clean, clean my, my toilets. toilets. <laughs> yes. But it made me realize not everybody thinks marketing is as fun as I do. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's okay. But I, what I was going to say is I like the shiny new objects. I get excited about the Beagle syndrome as a marketer. So if I can, if as I've created this like, ongoing ripple. It allows me to know that the book will keep selling and then I can test other things out in the future. Right. Yeah. So there's a process, um, that keeps you really good and really focused. And that's how you maintain momentum. I don't like if authors publish a book and they sell, you know, um, a concentrated amount when the book comes out and then it, they don't sell anymore. That hurts my heart. Yeah. I don't, so like I, that don't I want them to have ongoing impact. Yeah. Who doesn't, who doesn't right. want that? And it is, and, and unfortunately, if you haven't, um, and that's another thing that comes along with that, that planning and that, um, that why and doing the things is, you know, you're, you're not just going to stop right at launch. You're going to realize that the impact requires you to continue doing all of these other things and so on and so forth. But 
exactly. So, I mean, I, I, I hesitate to ask you another question because I feel like I could ask you <laughs> questions all day long and we could just keep talking and talking and talking, but we did decide we're going to have you come into our, um, into WIP school and do a training for that membership, um, in the future, in the near future, hopefully. So that'll be yeah. really great. And hopefully you'll be on the next women in publishing summit, but in the meantime, if people are just dying to learn more about you and how to um, get information from you, where do you want them to go? Absolutely. So the empowerprgroup.com, no, not the empowerprgroup.com is a really great resource. And I don't see it as like a static site. It is a living, breathing site and a great place to go and learn more about how we work with people. Um, there's, we have some signature programs that we do that we offer, but we also have um, ways to get uh, what a client recently called my hotbed of a brain, which is um, I, as a gardener, I see that as a really good thing is that woman of tons of ideas and direction you can get that too in a in a quicker phase so you can go there to learn more but I also always like to tell um individuals that I'm a believer in giving value myself I practice what I preach so I don't just believe in telling authors to do that I firmly do that myself and so regularly we offer free insights and resources so if you go to the empowered author podcast.com we have a podcast that releases every Tuesday it's broken out into different seasons of different marketing topics that are relevant to authors so you, we actually go really deep in different different things so it's not like just super topical we go real deep um, for six episodes on the topic wow. so I would highly encourage you to go there that would be really helpful we have a pretty robust YouTube channel channel. So if you go to the Empower PR Group's YouTube channel, um, you'll find lots of resources, workshops, um, trainings, tidbits, ideas, all that stuff. Uh, and then each month we offer a free workshop for authors. The only way to know about it is to be on our email list. So if you go to the website, um, right under the video on the top, there's a way to opt in. And then we tell people about, about that free workshop as well. And it's a live workshop. So any author who's in our group can come in and ask questions. Uh, but we usually, that's usually a top thing as well, focused on like a, a really timely marketing aspect. So I really do want to help and give, and we do that. And then in return, if there's authors who go, yes, yeah, Stephanie, this one guy goes, Stephanie, thanks so much for empowering me. I'm tired of being empowered. Can you just help me get it done? I'm like, yes, we got that too. So we have resources and the team to help you. If you are an author who wants to roll up your sleeves, you just don't know how, or if you are an author who goes, I am overwhelmed with it. I don't know where to start and I need some help. We help people in every way, both from coaching and marketing strategy to actually specific um, laser focused marketing tactics too. I was sharing with you before we pressed record that I'm also a collector of amazing people. And um, there's a group of our, in our team of collaborators that we pull in that do website design, podcast creation, um, photography, videography, the list goes on, our graphic design, you know, whatever. So we've got a big suite of amazing people that we pull into that are focused primarily on helping authors achieve their goals. That's awesome. That's a lot of stuff happening. You made my head spin and for somebody to make <laughs> my head spin with like, wow, I think you might be doing more than we're doing. That's a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff going on. Um, so definitely go check out those resources. I'm a full believer in as much training and resources and um, connections as possible to see, you know, what you need to help to get you to the next step. So that's really excellent. Ah, information and connections. We had an earthquake right before this started. And I think it like rattled my brain a little bit too. I'm, 
It's crazy. <laughs> I can't believe it. I was watching, seeing if I could see the shaking. I know um, it was weird. It wasn't, it wasn't big enough for anything. And it just, it's, it feels like a train just roll yeah. rumbling by in your, in your front yard, but I'm in Columbia, South Carolina, and we're not supposed to feel That's what that normal. feels like. Um, so it's craziness, but anyway, um, needless to say, we still had a great conversation, great resources. I appreciate your time so much and look forward to, I am looking forward to further collaboration and all the things and, um, yeah, go, go check out the show notes on the website and check out our women in publishing summit.com forward slash events for upcoming things. And maybe we'll see your workshop with Stephanie popping up there really quickly and have a great day. You don't have to give me. Thank you for joining us on the Publisher Podcast. We hope to see you back for the next episode. Great, huge thanks goes to Jasmine Commerce for the use of her song. You can find Jasmine on SoundCloud. Go check out all of her music. We'll see you next time.